Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, from Wichita's most listened to sports radio... 97.5 and 1240 KFH. This is Sports Daily with Jacob Albrocht and Tommy Kester. All right, welcome in, everybody. Hour number two of the show here on Sports Daily. Uh, getting our morning going, enjoying uh, some Prairie Fire coffee here around the Odyssey studios and office. Always appreciate Prairie Fire uh, for their fuel they give us in the mornings. Hour number two is fully underway as we open up things on this show for a little while here, making our way into the finale of uh, the final month, really, of college basketball before we get to the postseasons and those sorts of things. Tommy, I want to talk about the NFL, though. I know the season's over, but the offseason has begun. Justin Fields, yesterday, or whenever it happened, I don't know, I guess unfollowed the Bears on Instagram. And of course, everybody goes nuts. Like if I'm if I'm a player right now, I would do this stuff just to mess with people. <laughs> I'd like I'd call the GM and be like, "Hey, I'm bored. Like I'm just gonna do this. Don't worry about it." But I just want to make all these people go nuts. So he does that. I don't know what I would do. I mean, the bear. This Bears question is so fascinating. It's as interesting. You know, I think it's more interesting than when the Cardinals had a similar situation, right, with Kyler Murray. Because nobody really thought Rosen was going to be the guy. Like we're not we're not sure about Fields yet. I think the situation's very different because it really comes down to is it Fields or Caleb Williams? And I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I I think it's Caleb Williams. I think I would lean Caleb Williams if I remember them both as prospects. But Fields has a ton of upside too. I I don't know what the right answer is. I do think that there's. It really does if you're the Bears. It has to just come down to the quarterback evaluation. And I know Bears fans don't want to hear that because they haven't done that particularly well ever. But that's all that matters. Like that, you know, the length on a rookie deal and all that, that, that's irrelevant. Patrick Mahomes has won two out of the last three Super Bowls and has been one of the most expensive quarterbacks in football. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl as one of the most expensive quarterbacks in football. Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl as one of the most expensive quarterbacks in Super Bowl. Like, in football, like that is not as big a deal as people make it out to be. More important than having a quarterback on a rookie deal is having a great quarterback. And so the Bears, quite simply, Tommy, just have to decide which one of these quarterbacks they think will be better and go from there. 
I actually kind of sympathize for the Bears a little bit here in this predicament that they're in. I know that it doesn't happen very often uh, or at all to have a number one draft pick and have a quarterback that is sitting there that you would want to take with that number one pick. The only issue with the Bears, as we all know, is that they have Justin Fields. And so I, I know that that's a difficult situation to be in. The thing that makes it even more difficult, in my opinion, is the way that Justin Fields kind of came on last year and the way that he played, especially in the second half of the season. The Bears looked better and, you know, they started to actually surround Justin Fields with some players that could compliment him and they allowed him to do his thing in the style in which he likes to do it. And that shows that showed some success down the stretch last year for Chicago. And so I know how difficult it would be to just blow that thing up and move away from Justin Fields after what you've invested in for players around him and what you've invested in for the style of play that works well for him. It just comes down to how do you assess and evaluate Caleb Williams and is he a better opportunity for you to get to a championship than Justin Fields is? And that's an impossible question to answer, but then you have to well, you also have to look evaluate at it. it right? You also also have to look at the other side of it too that if you don't take him and you stay with Justin Fields, you know, will Caleb Williams go and win a Super Bowl before you do? So it's a really really difficult situation that they're in right now. And I really, even if you do evaluate Caleb Williams as this transcendent quarterback, I'm not sure that even then there's a slam dunk answer for what Chicago should do. Well, yeah, you, yes, there is. Because if he is that, you take him. But we don't know that he is. And and here's the other thing to consider. As bad as they've been, they certainly evaluated Bryce, Rung, Bryce Young the right way. Now, they could have taken C.J. Stroud. You could counter that with when they traded that last year. But the guy that most people thought would be the top guy, they clearly evaluated him not as that and traded the pick. So you got to do that again now. Justin Fields, I believe, I'm just looking here, in his last 10 games, so basically after the Chiefs game, which was a disaster, he only was, you know, like statistically or, you know, however you want to gauge this, and I'll just use quarterback rating, as a passer, he was only below 85 which I think is about league average, might be slightly below, only three times in that stretch. So, you know, seven out of ten times, he was at least decent as a quarterback. And in, you know, five of those games, he was good just, just as a passer. And then you factor in what he does as a runner. And that's where you look at fields and you're like, okay, like he is definitely showing us the upside here. If you could surround him with a little more talent what's the uh, like i i get it and and it really but and to me it's always been though if you think caleb williams is that guy right like if you think he's the kind of prospect burrow was or maybe even trevor lawrence even though trevor lawrence hasn't really in my opinion lived quite up to that hype let's let's use burrow as the example like if you think he's that guy you just take him and then you take a King's Ransom for Fields. Atlanta and Fields makes all the sense in the world, right? If that's the if that's that's one rumored trade partner. But it really does still, like, all, everything depends on what Chicago decides to do. If they like Fields, they got to trade the pick. And there'll be lots of teams that probably like Caleb Williams. I would start my calls with Washington. And say, hey guys, you want to make sure you get Caleb Williams? You brought in Cliff Kingsbury. Give us that second pick. 
and your first round pick next year and a third round pick this year and whatever it is and we'll be and we'll get this deal done right now. And then you go down to number 2 and you take Marvin Harrison Jr. So I'd start there. And then, you know, Atlanta's inside the top 10. Remember the Bears already have two of those picks up there. So now you're 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 trying to get into a situation where you can just pile up these first round picks, but it doesn't matter if you don't evaluate Caleb Williams the right way. If they miss on Williams, it will be far greater. It will be, from the fans' perspective, Tommy, I would guess that if they miss on Williams, it will be perceived as a greater sin than if they miss on Fields and take Williams. Does that make sense? Like, if Fields ends up being pretty good and they traded him to take Caleb Williams, I think the blowback for that would be lesser than if they keep Fields and Williams is the guy. he And, and he is that Burrow-type prospect. That's what's going to drive Bears fans nuts because that has been what's plagued them for so many years, watching Patrick Mahomes when you took Mitch Trubisky. Uh, all, all of that kind of stuff, I think, is what's really got their fans. So I think the risk to not draft Caleb Williams is higher than drafting him. But ultimately... They just have to get his evaluation correct. I think we have a pretty good evaluation of Justin Fields now. I think he is a quarterback that in the right system can really do damage in the NFL. Is Caleb Williams, though, the kind of quarterback that can give any team he plays for in any year that kind of chance? I think one of the biggest mistakes that anybody can make in looking at this situation is just thinking that it's a quarterback question. It's a, and thinking that it's just a question between Justin Fields and Caleb Williams, because it's not. Remember, the Bears have built their offense around Justin Fields, and they've given him, especially you know in the last year, year and a half, they have basically went all in, because remember, they could have drafted Bryce Young, or they could have drafted C.J. Stroud. They didn't. They doubled down on Justin Fields, and they built an offense around him and they brought in personnel to, you know, kind of be, you know, whether it's offensive line or DJ Moore at wide receiver or, you know, there were other players running backs that they brought in to surround Justin Fields in the style of play in which he is good at. And that's the dual threat throwing and running situation. I'm not saying that Caleb Williams can't operate, you know, in that Situation, And I'm not saying that the, the players can't operate with Caleb Williams instead of Justin Fields, but it's not just a, a one-to-one conversation. The question becomes, if you give up on Justin Fields and you move him out and you bring in Caleb Williams, are you then going to also have to rebuild other areas of your offense? And maybe not right away, but maybe over the course of a year or two. Are you then looking at replacing members of the offensive line? Are you looking at, I think DJ Moore is a bad example because, you know, he's such a talent that he can probably play with anybody. But are you looking at different kinds of skill position players to bring in to complement Caleb Williams different than what you did with Justin Fields? So it's not just a Fields or Williams. It's the entire way that this team runs their offense are you going to have to go back to the drawing board and figure out a better way or a different way to have these players work with Caleb Williams? That, that becomes the bigger question in my mind. So here's what Bryce Young, basically Bryce Young brought the Bears last year. They got this number nine uh, overall pick this year from the Panthers. 
Uh, sorry, that was last year, and then they got a second. And they got DJ Moore, and then they got this year's first, and they'll get another second still next year from the Panthers. Um, if you even if you can just get that, and and the Bears' defense was the thing that really developed to help them. They're going to have you know probably a top. They're probably going to have two top ten picks this year, depending on who would want to trade in. Uh, to get that pick because it's probably going to be a bad team that's picking high anyway. Maybe you can do like you did with DJ Moore and you go find another receiver. Like, let's say it's Washington, right? Can you go pry away another talented receiver from Washington just like you did? I mean, the model is there for them. And now you've surrounded more talent. DJ Moore and Fields have a great connection. Maybe you go pry away uh, you know, a, a talented receiver from Washington in that trade, and then you don't have to take Marvin Harrison Jr., and you go and you take a great offensive lineman. You take a, another great piece for the defense. It's an offense-heavy draft, as far as I can tell, whereas last year was a big defensive draft. Um, so, I, look, the possibilities are endless for the Bears. They are in such a position of strength, and it's also hard to ignore that they got to that position of strength, Tommy, by trading the top pick last year, right? So, there's probably some temptation just to do that again. It really just, again, to me, it all comes down to the valuation of Caleb Williams. We know Justin Fields is pretty good, and we know his upside's high. It, what do you think about Caleb Williams, though? Because I don't care how good you think Justin Fields might be. If you evaluate Williams the way people have evaluated guys like Burrow, then you take Williams. You just do, because you can't miss on that. But if you don't, then it's an easy decision. You trade the pick. They're in a position of strength. It's as fascinating as we've seen. Again, Arizona was in this case, this situation not long ago, but they didn't have a quarterback like Justin Fields they were giving up on either to take, you know, to take Kyler Murray. They had Josh Rosen, who never played, really, in the NFL. Uh, that was a bad pick the year before. The Bears have made good picks. At, you know, they've done a good job now, and it's created this position of strength for them. You know, I think that the risk for the Bears, you mentioned missing on Caleb Williams. And, and the blowback from Bears fans, and that's all true. I think there's blowback regardless if they miss in either direction. Well, there is. If they miss in either direction, if they don't take Williams and they trade the pick, and then he goes to somewhere else, whether it's Washington or elsewhere, and wins, then there's going to be blowback. If they do take him and they ship out Justin Fields and Williams doesn't live up to those expectations, then there will absolutely be blowback there too. If they miss in either way, with Caleb Williams as a prospect, then there's going to be that blowback from fans. That's what makes it a really difficult decision. But, you know, uh, they know what they have in Justin Fields. They know it because they've seen it, and there's a body of work there in that organization. They just have to decide, is what we know about Justin Fields and the way that he plays and the talent that he possesses, do we feel like that's enough to get us over the edge and win a Super Bowl? And if the answer is yes, we think so, then you absolutely do not keep that pick and trade Caleb Williams or take Caleb Williams, you trade it away. If they can't say that they fully believe that Justin Fields is a championship-winning quarterback with their organization, then at that point, you probably do have to make a move. I'm going to ask you this, and this is totally unfair, and I think it comes down to this simple evaluation. Do you think that Justin Fields will win a Super Bowl with the Bears or anywhere else in his NFL career? Um, <laughs> the answer is no. I don't. The I I, no. I want to say yes. 
because I he's he possesses you know this dual threat type of talent that you know I think can be successful, um, but I'm not ready yet to say yes. I mean, look, just compare him to similar style quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson's won an MVP twice, and it's been as difficult as it has been. I, I think the answer, if we're being honest with ourselves right now, is no. Justin Fields isn't going to win a Super Bowl with the Bears or anywhere else. Is Caleb Williams so, going to win a Super Bowl with the Bears that, or anybody else? That's what I'm. That's what I'm asking you, and that's where, and that's my point. Like, if that's what you have to be realistic in your evaluation because I think when we talk about quarterback prospects we have to think about it that way right who's more you know I keep using Burrow as the example because he was this kind of prospect at the top of a draft do we think Joe Burrow's going to win a Super Bowl before his career is over I think I think he probably will yeah 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 Uh, I mean you can make a lesser case but a similar case maybe for Trevor Lawrence Trevor Lawrence is probably closer right now to, in my opinion, to Justin Fields than he is to Joe Burrow. But there there are just those guys, right, historically in the NFL. If we looked across the landscape of football, right, there aren't very many times when, when a team surprises us that they won it with the quarterback that they have. Does that make any sense? So I, I just... You have to evaluate the quarterback that way, that simply, right? And if if you don't think Fields is that, then you have to give a long look to Caleb Williams and make sure you don't think that of him. In 2017, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. I'm going to list off. Uh, it, it, since t- so in the last ten years, Tommy, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes, and Matt Stafford, all will have a case to make the Hall of Fame. One time in the last ten years, you've had a non that caliber quarterback win it, and that was Nick Foles. Now, if you go back a little further, then you get Joe Flacco and Eli Manning. But those two, Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer, right? Flacco will not be a Hall of Famer. But Eli Manning, before that Aaron Rodgers, before that Drew Brees, before that Ben Roethlisberger, you're going to have a situation that since 2002, so in 20-plus years, Tommy, 20-plus years, you will have had two quarterbacks who are not Hall of Famers win a Super Bowl. Two. Nick Foles and Joe Flacco. That's it. Two in 20 years that it hasn't been a Hall of Famer or a future Hall of Famer win a Super Bowl. So when you're in a position like the Bears are in, and and we don't, the Justin Fields isn't going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Right now, we don't think that. Now, lots can happen. I'm not saying there's no chance. He'd, I'm not saying that at all. But if we're looking at it right now, like if you're where the Bears are, you don't think of Justin Fields as going to be a Hall of Famer. Do you think Caleb Williams might be? And if you think Caleb Williams might be or could be, you got to take Caleb Williams because history in the NFL tells us that it you your chances to win a Super Bowl without one of those caliber quarterbacks is so stinking low. Two out of 20. That means you got a 10% chance if you don't have a Hall of Famer at quarterback in the last 20 years to win a Super Bowl. How crazy is that? But do we think, and, and the, again, it doesn't matter what we think. It matters what the Bears think. Do the Bears think that Justin Fields 
could be a Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't know, right? Because and that's here's what the, the thing: that's everything. But yeah, everything has to that, evaluate that. They've way. Been, he's been in that organization for a couple of years now, but he's still really young, and that career is still pretty early, you know. And there's still quite a bit of time for Justin Fields to be able to potentially get it done. I'm just saying, if the Bears are are truly evaluating this, honestly, they probably have from the Hall of Fame perspective, they probably have just as much intuition about whether or not Justin Fields will be a Hall of Famer as they do about whether or not Caleb Williams will be a Hall of Famer. That's what makes it extremely difficult. But but the the reality is, and here's where, and, and maybe this will help me make the point I've been trying to make on this. If they don't think Caleb Williams is that, it doesn't matter what they think about Justin Fields, right? Justin Fields doesn't have to be a Hall of Fame quarterback to be the quarterback that the Bears move forward with. They just move forward with him. It matters more what they think of Caleb Williams, because if they don't think Caleb Williams has a chance to be that, then you just stay with Fields, and it doesn't matter if he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be really good, and you're fine in that sense. But if you think Caleb Williams will be that, then you got to take Caleb Williams. If you don't think he is, then there's not any pressure to keep Justin Fields. There's only pressure if Caleb Williams is awesome and you don't take him. And and so I think it matters far more how they evaluate Williams than it does how they evaluate Fields at this point. We have an eva- we have a track record and an evaluation. We kind of we have a decent idea on Fields. You know, he's going to be probably a, a good quarterback, a quarterback that's going to make Pro Bowls. I don't know about Hall of Fame. I think it's unlikely to win a Super Bowl. And so then it's just, okay, that still can be a really good quarterback for a long time for that franchise who's been starved for that forever. But is Caleb Williams going to be more than that? And if he, if you think he is, you got to take him. If you think he's not, then don't take him. Stay with Fields and take the draft capital. Something that you said just a little bit ago, actually is making me chime in just a little bit because you mentioned Matt Stafford. Mm -hmm. Matt Stafford was the last time a number one QB pick won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Remember, that that draft happened, what, in 2010, 2009? And he didn't win for another decade. I, I don't know that the number one pick QB is something that's that's recognized no, as good enough on uh, enough times that it's that it's as important as people seem to be making it. it it's it has there is a correlation historically to just like general success in the league with you know those number one quarterbacks. But you're right on Super Bowls because you've got Mahomes, you've got Brady, right? Peyton Manning was the other one in 2015. Russell Wilson. Certainly not a number one pick. Joe Flacco and then Eli Manning was. Aaron yes. Rodgers was not. Drew Brees was not. Ben Roethlisberger was not. It's just you. I, I think if it, we don't, and I don't know how the NFL does this. They fool us. But the reality is, there've only been a handful of these quarterbacks who've won Super Bowls, and they've like Brady and Mahomes have so many of them. And then like you get, you know, the other ones have been picked up by these other Hall of Famers. But yeah, it's not. It doesn't directly correlate to number one overall at all. But you've got the chance to, you know, you just, at number one overall, you can basically take your pick, right? You just get the opportunity to do it. And so that's why I say, like, it matters so much about what they think of Williams. Because if they don't think he's going to be that, then then don't, you don't, there's no pressure to take him there. The pressure comes if they're wrong. And he is that. And he is one of these guys. 
the future Hall of Famer and all of these things. It is, I, I mean, it is as interesting an NFL storyline with the draft that I can remember. It is so fascinating, and it's because, a credit to Fields, it's because Fields has ended up being pretty pretty darn good. I love it. This is this is going to be good stuff, man. Good stuff. And I'm 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 real curious to see Caleb Williams and how much he works in the offseason and is out there trying to prove it. He may not want to go to Chicago. I don't know. I mean, maybe he cashed it because he doesn't want to go there. Although it feels like it's a pretty good spot to go right now with the young talent they have. 869-1240, what do you think about it? Let us know right now on the KFH hotline. On the way out, let's give away some HTO. Uh, we'll give away some free iced tea which is good at either Wichita location or in Derby. More than 25 flavors to choose from. So you can get your hands on that and a free brew house coffee drink, which are available for you as well in East Wichita and in Derby. Good luck, everybody. Uh, First caller to the KFH Hotline. We'll come back. We'll talk Shockers. Look ahead to tonight's game next on Sports Daily. Ninety-seven-five and 1240 KFH. Electrical problems can be shocking. Call the experts at Mr. Electric and experience unmatched professionalism from start to finish. Call ahead scheduling. No. Uh, Tommy, I'm putting you in the chair then. We'll each make our call. We'll each make our call. You're in the ch- in the Bears chair. What are you doing with the pick? I'm going to trade the pick. I'm going to trade the pick. I'm going to keep Justin Fields. I've committed to him. I've built an offense around him. I know Caleb Williams is projected to be awesome, but I don't know that. You know, and I've got a quarterback that has shown flashes of being really good. And, you know, if I can continue to cater an offense around him, I feel pretty solid about that opportunity. And so I'm going to keep Justin Fields. I'm going to trade that pick away also because I know that I can get a bounty in return and I can continue to load up like I did a year ago when I traded away the pick before. Um, me too. And it's because I don't evaluate Caleb Williams as being that kind of quarterback. I'll, I, I keep fields and I trade the pick. I try to trade it to Washington if I can. Um, and then I take Marvin Harrison Jr. at pick two. I don't think Williams is that kind of quarterback. I, 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 get, I get the appeal. I think people might see some Mahomes there in the creativity, some Russell Wilson type things, but I don't think it's going to be him. I mean, and for me, it's and, and when I look at college quarterbacks and like the translating factor for me, I love to look at completion percentage. He has lower college completion percentage than Justin Fields did in college, and it's high. It's at sixty-eight percent. Let me see what Patrick Mahomes's was. Um, in his uh, final year at Tech, real quick, because I don't think his was—I don't think his was that high either. Uh, so at Texas Tech and Patrick Mahomes' final season, yeah, he was down at sixty-five, which is why people. So it, it's not the end-all, be-all. Certainly, I just—I'm not seeing that kind of quarterback. I don't see Hall of Fame from Caleb Williams. I like Caleb Williams. I hope I'm wrong. I also like great quarterbacks, so I want there to be more of them in the NFL. Uh, but I don't see it, so I keep Fields too. I keep Fields and I trade the pick. Uh, the other reason I like Fields, and, and again, it, I think it all comes down to evaluating Williams. I don't evaluate him that way. I don't think Fields is a reset-the-market kind of quarterback. Maybe he will be after a big year, but you, there's also a, a world where he's not you know, 
doing that for your franchise either, which is somewhat appealing if you're the Bears. And so, yeah, I, I do the same. I trade the pick. I keep I keep Justin Fields. Think of everything that you could get out of that that number one pick. You know, think about the the additional draft picks and you know the the talent that you could just continue to stockpile and and build you know a really good franchise around Justin Fields. You did it once before. You can do it again. And there are absolutely teams out there that are quarterback needy that would evaluate Caleb Williams at a certain level and would really be willing to give you a ton. I mean, look at what the Panthers did a year ago to get that number one pick. It hasn't really panned out for them so far, but they were willing to to bet the farm on it. And the Bears were the ones that, you know, they they got the they got the bounty in return. So you could definitely do that again with somebody like Caleb Williams and let another team develop him and, you know, go from there. I think it's the safer bet. And I think it's the overall better bet for them to just hang on to fields. Yeah. Well, better or worse. I, 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 I just think their team is going to be better in the short term, at least with fields right now. And, and I just, again, I don't think Caleb Williams is going to Washington and all this. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sudden Washington is what the Chiefs are now. I just don't think that's going to happen. Or the Bengals are now with Burrow. Um, so that's where, that's where that goes. And... I, I'm surprising myself on that, by the way. I kind of have leaned the other way until here recently, and I'm trying to, like, talk through what I'm saying the Bears need to do, and it's really, like, evaluate Caleb Williams, and I just I just don't think that – I don't think he's going to be that guy. Uh, we'll see. All right, Shockers tonight, Tommy. It's a rematch against Tulsa. We talked about the last seven games and, and how it was a stretch. They could, you know, really piece some together. Did not get off to a good start. The first two came on the road. Maybe we were looking a little too optimistically. Well, now the next two are at home, and they're against Tulsa and Temple. They're both on national television. Tulsa tonight. Uh, remember, Tulsa beat Wichita State in that, uh, you know, just absolutely gut-wrenching second half where they outscored the Shockers by 22 points to go. You blew an 11 point halftime lead, man. It has got to, it has got to be there tonight. It has got you. We have to see this team. And like, I, I don't know that there's any explanation for them not winning this game other than the season has gotten away and they're not fully invested anymore. I don't know how else we'll be able to fairly look at that. Because you had Tulsa down 11 
on the road at half. Like You have to be able to come back home and want that revenge and want those things. I, I don't know what else to really say. I mean, they haven't won since SMU. Or, sorry, since UTSA, which is a, another game. And by the way, in the UTSA game, a game they should have come in and you know put their foot down, they did that at home that time. So do that again. Do that again, and let's see if over these next five games we can't renew the optimism that they could make a little noise in the conference tournament. Starts tonight. They got to have it. They got to have a big game tonight. Yeah, I think it's interesting when you're comparing these two teams, and it's happened several different times in conference play for Wichita State where they have actually ranked higher than their opponent in both Kinpom and Net, but then they end up losing the game. And there's a big reason why, you know, at that point that their conference record is what it is. This is another example of that. They are currently ranked higher than Tulsa in both Kinpom and in net. They are. Tulsa has a better conference record. Because than they should be better than right, Tulsa. Exactly. I mean, they're seven-point favorites at home tonight. So what, I, what I'm saying is that this has happened multiple different times. And eventually, this has got to change. It's got to change when you are losing to objectively inferior opponents. That's what Tulsa is. That's what several of these other losses have been during this rough stretch you know, for Wichita State. It would be different if we were talking about teams that had the statistics that backed up the fact that they were better than Wichita State. But this game tonight is another example of a team that does not live up to Wichita State from an objective, objective statistical perspective. Wichita State ranks higher in both of those categories. So they've got to win. They've got to win at home. Uh, you know, that's why the odds makers put the line where they did. Wichita State's got to get the win because they're, they're a better team objectively than Tulsa is. They've just got to get it done. There's really nothing more to say than just that. Beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and the conversation is much different. There are three teams that they are objectively better than, and you get all three of them at home remaining on the schedule. Tulsa, Temple, Rice. They are absolutely better than those three teams. You have to win those three home games. Tulane, not definitive at all. Tulane might be better. UAB certainly has been better this year. Both of those games are on the road. Okay, that's fine. You want we go? You can you can convince me that Tulane and, and UAB are are better. You can convince me that those are road games. They have to win these three games at home against teams they are better than. Flat period end like have to, or there will be no hope going into things. If you can't beat those three teams at home, you don't have a whole lot to hang your hat on. So. Be fired up. Two of those are revenge games, Tommy. Like, they should be foaming at the mouth to go out there and smack Tulsa and smack Temple for losses that they feel like they shouldn't have had. And then the other one we haven't seen yet, right? So I, I, don't, know, I don't know how else to frame it other than these are the things that they have to be able to do if you're, you know, if you're a fan and you're trying to, like, get a good idea of, the state of things like it has to be these games. They have to be able to win them. You're a seven point favorite at home for a reason because you're that much better than Tulsa. You had them down 11 at halftime at their place. You can't let them come into Coke arena. I don't care what's happened this season. Like there has to be some, you know, attitude there as well from everybody. 
I I hope it's there. I, I they they need a, another win like they had against UTSA, and they need three of those out of their next five games. Like, let's get a little momentum going here. Yeah, I think at that point, um, because we know that the remaining three home games are against teams that, again, objectively, they're better than. You have to have all three of them. 100% you do. And it's going to be, in my opinion, you mentioned this at the very top, it's going to be a a pretty, uh, I think, telling stretch of basketball, especially for these three home games, to see how dedicated and invested the current players on the roster are. You know, what? like at, that, at this point, your season is a wash. Uh, things have not gone the way that you've wanted them to go. You've absolutely fallen short of expectations. That's clear. So I think the motivation then, it becomes that much tougher, and it shows, I think it's going to show me what kind of leader Paul Mills is. You know, it's easy to lead in good times. Well, It's easy I, to I think... lead in good times. It is that much more difficult to lead in bad times. And when you are playing opponents that you are better than at home that you should beat, at that point it's going to tell me, okay, is he able to instill confidence into these players to go out there and and keep putting it all on the line to get victories in a season that's basically lost? So, again, I think at that point it does make this final stretch of regular season games that much more important to me. I agree with that. I also think, though, that there has not maybe been enough front-facing pressure on the players themselves. Like, the players have to understand that, well, whether this is reality or not, I'm not sure. But they should be playing for their for their jobs to some degree, right? Because if, if you can't get it out of these guys, Paul Mills is going to have to find other guys. But in a world and of so, the transfer portal these days— it, it, that used to be a hey, you're playing for your job, and you'll, no, no, you'll I sit mean the bench the and whatever. Portal. No, 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 I don't mean sit the bench. I mean like not be in the program. Like that's what I'm saying with the transfer portal. Like if if this particular group can't come and and sh- like you, there's an about there has to be an evaluation process happening right now too. Like which of these guys are bought in and a part of the future, and which guys aren't. And some of them will leave on their own, and some of them will probably leave because. There will be other players brought in, or there should be, and that's a part of it too. And yeah, I think the most pressure is certainly on Paul Mills, but I think there's pressure on the players as well. And and I do think there are players on this roster that can step up and be a part of a bright future. Which ones are they? Let's learn about that play angry attitude right now, because that's what it's going to take in Wichita. You got to have a little of that. You got to want to come out and get revenge against Tulsa tonight. That has to be a part of the DNA of the players that are going to be successful here. Think about the long-term history with Wichita State and Tulsa anyway. I mean, even oh, yeah. even despite everything else from this season, I mean, that rivalry goes back a long way, and those two programs don't like each other. They never have. And so that should be a, a factor as well. Agree. It 100% should be. I want to see fire. I want to see passion. I want to see effort. I want to see all of those things every game for sure, but especially this game inside Coke Arena against Tulsa, a team that you're objectively better than, go out there, put your foot on their throat, and get it done. Well, Paul Mills coached at ORU in Tulsa. I imagine there's, you know, not rosy feelings there either. Use all of it. Let's get everybody, you know, fired up again and and see it. We'll get it tonight at 8 o'clock. We've got the pregame coverage beginning over on KEYN at 7. 
You can hear that on the Odyssey app as well. Congratulations to Rob for winning our iced tea and coffee from HTO. Tommy and I will be back, uh, and we will go through briefly this list. It's just a very kind of preliminary free agent list that CBS Sports put together for the NFL. Uh, and you'll we'll tell you where some of the Chiefs' names end up on this to sort of give you a feel for what looms. We'll do that next on Sports Daily. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Just making our way through a Wednesday here. Lots of fun, lots of interaction from you out there. Appreciate it, whether it's on social media, whether it's on our video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, uh, whether it's over the air here, whatever it is, we appreciate it. Uh, Let's go over this list real quick, Tommy. So CBS Sports put out their 100 NFL, top 100 NFL free agents. Kirk Cousins comes in at one. Chris Jones comes in at two. Legereus Sneed comes in at six. So you've got Jones and Sneed there. There are five total Chiefs in this list. Uh, Willie Gay is down at 43. I think the chances of him being back are almost none. Uh, then you have Drew Tranquil on that list at 84. And you have Michael Dana on the list at 89. Um, I, it will be very interesting to see how they handle all of these things. Uh, it obviously starts at the top, but, you know, five inside the top 100 gives you some idea of what they're dealing with. And, you know, it's quite frankly, it's more than that for players that mean something to them. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about the priorities and the way that it should be ranked for Kansas City this offseason as far as free agents are concerned. And I know that from a big picture point of view, when you're looking at the entire NFL, you're going to put Chris Jones higher up on that list as far as ranking free agents around the league than Legereus Sneed. He's a Hall of Famer. But that priority is, I think, shifted and flipped around uh, for the Chiefs' individual and internal priorities. You know, they've got to prioritize Legereus Sneed uh, over Chris Jones. Well, Not saying you can't prioritize both of them, but as we've talked about before, and I wholeheartedly believe, the number one priority has got to be Legereus Sneed. I think it's left tackle and then I think it's Snead. But, like, it's not, well, Snead and then maybe left tackle. I think I have Snead and then left tackle. But the the, the part of it is, like, we don't, you, you've got to bid against these other teams, too. All right, let's take a quick call. Just a couple of minutes here, Sally, before we take, we have to take a hard break. Welcome into Sports Daily. Sally, what's on your mind? Yes, I just had two things. One, I did not know about the connection with Wichita and the Milwaukee Bucks. And I didn't know if people knew that the new person was going to give all of his money from the All-Star game to the old coach. Oh, Doc Rivers was going to give it to – I hadn't heard that. That's that's really interesting. I'll have I to look into that. that was really nice. And then I'm just curious why nothing was said. I watch Channel 12 all the time. I listen to KFH. I listen to Kevin Stahl. I didn't hear one word about the big – uh, shocker win for the ladies last Saturday. I was at the game. It was a great game, and it was a win, and nothing was said about it that I heard. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, we we always intend to get that in with Kevin Saul. He joined us a little bit later. He was in a meeting, so we just ran out of sure. time when we when we started well, with softball and about, baseball. It was exciting. Yeah, look, they've the won two of their last three. Too. 
They yeah. they've won two of their yep. last three. The women have. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's. I hope that that's a positive turn in the right direction. Unfortunately, they have struggled as much as the men have this year. Right. But look, two right. or three, like two or three, maybe that's something. There, I can tell you this, Sally, and I've said this before. Where I went to school, where I went to college, women's basketball was a bigger deal. I am a massive women's basketball fan, and I want nothing more than the return of that program to its former glory because I have oh, two yeah. daughters I can't wait to take to those <laughs> games. They've just got to they just got to be better. They have not been very good for a while. And, and, and you know, a it's, it's a crowd there, too. Good. And well, that's great to hear. It was it was four for, you know, you got popcorn, hot dog and your drink and a yeah. ticket for four people for thirty two dollars. You can't beat yeah. that. That's great. Yeah, I, I it okay. need, if it turns around, I appreciate it, Sally. If it turns around, look, that I think there is some massive appeal and potential there for Wichita State women's basketball. Um, I think there are a lot of people that really enjoy women's basketball and a lot of people that that becomes a really desirable family event. Honestly, Tommy, like we talk about it all the time. Like I can't I need to get my daughters to these games where they see high level basketball because they're starting to really get into college basketball. And we wa- we've watched a lot of the K-State women on TV this year, yeah. and they love it. Yeah, and there really it has been, and we've talked about it before, just a huge influx of women's college basketball fans because the product is so good right now overall, Caitlin Clark and all of that. And then, of course, here locally with K-State. I want to see Terry Nooner do that at Wichita State. I think he can. I, I like too. him a lot. I know it's been a rebuilding year. I think they're on the right well, track, been- though. It's been a bad year for them, too. I mean, let's be as honest as we are with the men. It's been bad for them, uh, and and hopefully two out of three is that's, – that's kind of what we keep saying with the men. Like, we just need something like that, right? Let's get a stretch here where you put some games together and have a little buzz going into an offseason. Uh, the Shocker women play next again on February 24th. That's on Saturday on the road. All right, we'll be back. Tell you what's on the network tonight next on Sports Daily. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.